0: Greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. I think we're live. Are we live? Is it really live? I've forgotten how to do it. Give me a few weeks off and I'm a rusty bucket. Blessings and Shabbat Shalom to all of you. So good to have you back and so good to have you all back here. Truly, truly missed you all and so glad to have you tuning in. If you're in the chat, make those connections today. Listen to the message, but also make connections. And you can always go to Torah to the Tribes.com forward slash t- connect to make sure that you can catch up on the Zoom platforms during the week. We're going to do things a little bit differently today, just a little bit differently today. I want to give you a ministry update on where I've been emotionally, spiritually, taking a break and just recalibrating and my hopes on where Yahweh is going to take us all together using the scripture as our foundation over these next weeks and months. So I want to give you a ministry update and take us, I pray, in these next weeks and months on a journey to witness the Acts of the Hebrews. Yes, we're going to be looking into the book of Acts, the Acts of Hebrews the apostles, but really for us to get the life-changing perspective that I know that the Father wants for all of us, it's really not the acts of the apostles, is it? It is the acts of the Ruach HaKodesh in a community's life. And that is the recalibration that I know that I've needed And I know many of you have needed. Because 2020 and teaching the book of Revelation was exciting. It was terrifying. It was also very difficult for me. Because towards the end, 22 chapters, it really was in an apocalyptic, became very, very consuming. And I really did need to take this time off to really seek the Father. And what I want to do today is kind of share where I believe that we are as a people, as a ministry, and where the Father is taking us, but also, you know, to look back on where we have been. So, really, I want to talk about our hopes, I want to talk about our dreams. I want to talk about fear and our fears and what it means to be afraid. And I want to talk about putting some boundaries in our life so that fear doesn't consume us. Because ultimately, 22 chapters of the apocalyptic, I was left somewhat afraid. And I'm not a fearful person. So what is it? At some time, you have to make the shift. And that is where I believe the Father wants us as a ministry, as a people, the 12 tribes scattered abroad, is now to make the shift. Because as a ministry, we've set a foundation in the Torah, years and years of going through the Torah cycle. As a ministry, we've set a foundation on the apocalyptic If you want to go and check out some teachings about the state of the world and the apocalyptic, you've got 22 chapters of Revelation and some of them I spent many weeks on. If you want to look into timelines about the apocalyptic, we've done the whole Ezekiel series, a recalibration of timeline. If you want to talk... And find out about how the Torah works in a New Testament lifestyle. We've done many teachings on Galatians and Romans and all kinds of things. But now is the time for the power of the Ruach HaKodesh. Not fear, but fortitude. And that is what I really want to talk about. How to equip us. So we make better decisions so that we can be better witnesses so that we can have more discernment so that I can sleep better at night and you can sleep better at night because we have the comforter with us during these times. And ultimately, I believe as we journey through this together and help one another, we will render vipers' poison harmless. Because Yahuwah is going to see us through whatever happens. But it isn't going to be alone. It's going to be by the comforter and the supernatural outworking of the Ruach HaKodesh. So I'm not going to teach you the book of Acts today. I'm going to give you an overview of the ministry. I'm going to talk a little about fear, boundaries, and being afraid. In reality, this book records the acts of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, through you, through his people scattered all over the world. And it was set in a time that is very similar to the one that we find ourselves in today. Are we doing camera switching today? And if we are, make sure that I can see light so I know where to look. Because I'm feeling like a rusty bucket today and I need to be well oiled. So please pray for me, you guys out there, that I will do the Father's work through this supernatural ministry called Torah to the Tribes. The book of Acts, in the Hebrew, the Acts of the Apostles, was set in a time when the nation was unstable. Are we in a time when the nation is unstable? It was set in a time when there were divisions between parties at explosive levels. Are we... Set in such a time when there's divisions between parties at such explosive levels. Then it was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Zealots and the Romans. Today you all know what the explosive levels of party divisions is all about. Judea was being overrun. Overrun by dark and destabilizing political sociological and religious forces. They were all at work just as they are today. But, but in spite of all this, these events didn't occupy the forefront and consume believers' lives and minds. 22 chapters into the book of Revelation, I can't say that was where I was at. The apocalyptic was consuming the forefront of my mind day and night. But now it is time... To move on to supernatural comfort and power and discernment of the Holy Spirit. I will not be run by the nations. I will not be run by the destabilizing political forces. I will not be run by the sociological fears, the dark forces that are at work in the nations. And the apostles were not run by it either. We are in a very, very similar time as they were, but they overcome and the book of Acts is a blueprint on how to overcome and live in such a time as that. By the great acts of the Holy Spirit, the apostles, the disciples, and those that came into the faith, they ascended and transcended their lives out of that apocalyptic world. And that's what I'm ready to do. That is what I am ready to do. Something that I also know that many of you are excited to share with me, and you're ready to do also. Not so that we can just survive, but that we can thrive. And that's about being a witness, and that's about being the sign to the nations that there is an Elohim, who sits on the throne that is interceding for us daily. I feel that I have laid a strong foundation for us as a ministry with Torah teachings, prophetic teachings, timeline teachings, gospel teachings, but now it is time for us to transcend all of that and to push on to a higher vibrational place of living To be that witness. And the book of Acts is a thematic blueprint for us to do that today. It's a book about transforming your lives. About transforming your lives. About getting unstuck from the fear. About getting unstuck from being afraid. So that you can affect others around you supernaturally, supernaturally for the kingdom, in spite of the circumstances you may find yourself living amongst. Our circumstances, brethren, and I am not teaching at you, I am talking about what has been wrestling inside of me too. We're in this together. Our circumstances don't define us. We can transcend out of our present circumstances and flip it just by walking in shalom and communicating in shalom to those that confront us in our time of trouble. Our circumstances do not define us as believers. We are not like the world. The nation's circumstances do not define us. Politics and wars do not define us. When we tap into the transformative power of the kingdom, we can literally move to a higher vibrational level of living and be the vessels for the acts of the Holy Spirit. So this is a very different book. And I'm not necessarily going to lock myself in to approaching this book chapter by chapter, verse by verse, line by line. I may just go thematically one or two weeks. I may take sections and blocks like Torah portions because I am going to be dependent upon the Ruach HaKodesh and not get us stuck, but get us led into a place of spiritual power and victory because we're gonna, we are going to do triumphant and magnificent things as the nations implode. Yahweh is going to explode the power of his people, and I believe that we are at the forefront of that. So all that to say this. I'm ready to t- teach a transformative, life-changing message to give us power to give us the tools that I know that the Father wants to equip us with, just as he equipped the early believers, he will equip us. But first of all, we need a recalibration, and we've got to be honest, and we need to address fear, what it's like to be afraid, and how maybe we've let things come into our life that we shouldn't have let come into our life because we let our guard down. 2020 became all consuming and maybe some boundary stones got shifted and moved and now we need to recalibrate those boundary stones and set a strong foundation before we delve in to chapter one. So this is really setting us up for success. Let's recalibrate together and then I pray Yahweh will lead us next week on another step of this journey. So let's start by addressing fear, okay? Because I think you all know me. I'm out there. I'm bold. I'm courageous. And I'm not one to step back from a battle. I'm one just to push through and go roaring into it. And quite honestly, in this time, I've, I've had to look at fear in myself. I'm like, well, I'm not a, f- a fearful person. But then I think, well, hang on a minute. 22 chapters of going into the apocalyptic and dealing with 2020 and what might be happening, what could be happening. Well, what is fear? Fear is projecting into the future Because you remember things in the past. Is that a bad thing? Not particularly. You see, there's a difference between being fearless, which I always thought of myself, I'm fearless, and fearing less. So let me address that. Fear in itself isn't bad. We fear because we are blessed as creative beings to be able to remember the past and project into the future. Without those two components, remembering the past and being able to project in the future, there would be no fear. So to be fearless means that you couldn't remember the past, right? And you certainly wouldn't be able to project in the future. You'd be like an ant. So we don't want to be fearless. Because who would want to trade their memories? And who would want to trade their visions and dreams and hopes? You see, fear isn't a bad thing. You remember in the past that you burnt yourself on the stove. So you project into the future that you're not going to do that. So fear isn't a bad thing. It's the way we were created. But we're to harness that fear and not be fearless. But by harnessing that fear and redirecting it and recalibrating it, we can fear less. And that's the key. That's the key. Let's look at the Hebrew word fear. And there's three permutations of how this is spelt. The Hebrew word for fear is morah, morah. It's spelt with a mem, vav, resh, hey. And sometimes it's spelt with a mem, vav, resh, aleph. And sometimes it could be spelt with just a mem, resh, aleph. But if you look back, and I know some of you have really been getting into this, and um, I did many, many years ago, And I've been revisiting it, and I've quite enjoyed it, getting into looking back at the the pictographic language and the Paleo-Hebrew. So if you do actually look at this Hebrew word, fear, and you look at its Hebrew base in the pictographic language, it's a yod resh. And the pictograph, of course, is of a hand, the yod, and a picture of a man, the resh. So, what is that? The hand of man. So, fear is what? The hand of man. And you're all looking at me dumbfounded. No. What is the hand of man throwing into your life? What is the hand of man throwing into your life that can bring about a lot of fear? What is the governor of your state throwing into your life? What is the municipality throwing into your life? What is your social media stream throwing into your life? Whatever the hand of man throws into your life and you catch it, you receive it, can bring about fear. And then if we're all doing the same thing, we can get a group think of fear that is then a self-fulfilling prophecy, and we can get in lockdown of our own fearful thoughts. That's the base route. We become too fearful when we focus on what the hand of man is throwing in our direction. Does that make sense? Your social media newsfeed. Heaven forbid, if you've got a network newsfeed, you're going to be getting a lot of fear thrown at you. And if you catch that fear, then you take it on, and it starts to rob you of joy. So let's think about that. We can fear less when we focus, instead of what the hand of man throws at us, what should we focus on? We're not going to be fearless, but we can fear less When we focus on what the hand of Yahuwah through the manifestation and power of the Ruach HaKodesh reveals to us. There's the distinction. Because the beginning of wisdom is the fear of Yahuwah. And this is what the Father has been revealing to me over these past weeks. And I'm like, I'm not a fearful person. But 22 chapters of the apocalyptic in 2020 does make one start to devolve into that. And now is a time to come out of it. I don't want to be afraid. Do you want to be afraid? Do you want to be afraid? Afraid. The Hebrew word for afraid is, is the Hebrew word Yare. It's spelt with a yod, resh, aleph. It means to walk off the path. When you walk off the path, you become afraid. Enter through the narrow gate. For broad is the path of fear. And most people in 2020 are running right on it. The sheeple are on the broad path of fear. But narrow is the path of the power of the Ruach HaKodesh that leads to a transformative life whilst everybody else, all the sheeple, are on the path of fear that leads to death. You see, to be afraid means we walked off of the path. When you awake to this reality, you realize That for us to fear less, we have to replace the something with a someone. What does that mean? When you awake to the reality of what the Father wants to do in us as a community, you realize that we now are at this point in a ministry as a people to replace the something with a someone. And when we do that, then, when, then, we will fear less. We won't be fearless because we're still going to remember the past and we're still going to have visions of the future. We don't want to be like ants. But we do want to fear less. You need to replace the something, your newsfeed, the vaccine, the threat of lockdown, the threat of unemployment, family worries with a someone, the power of the resurrected master. I'm going to replace the something that I've projected into the future with the someone who is ordained over the future and has the future in the palms of his hands. And when I replace the something with the someone, I fear less. And I'm better equipped. Better equipped in all things every single day. And I get comfort by the power and confidence of the Ruach HaKodesh. Because it's real simple. It's real simple. When your faith in someone exceeds your fear in something, fear loses its grip and you fear less. When your faith in someone exceeds your fear in something, Fear loses its grip and you fear less. It's a recalibration. And this is what the book of Acts is all about. There was all of this stuff going on in the nation. All of this crazy divisiveness. But their faith in someone, their faith in someone way exceeded their fear in something and fear lost its grip. Look at Stephen, he's the perfect example. And I see standing at the right hand of Yahweh, his faith in someone exceeded the fear of all of the somethings holding the stones, and he was transcended in his present circumstances and he feared. Less. He wasn't fearless, but he feared less. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for you. I believe it's what the Father wants for us to be able to powerfully move in this next season in the nations wherever you are. The someone has to replace the something. Yahusha in us has to replace. All the somethings out there. The vaccine, the lockdown, the economy, unemployment, family tensions. You've got to replace your with all of those things so that you can fear less. Because you know, brethren, fear feeds fear. That social media news feed, it just feeds you with fear. Daily, daily, daily. Stop worrying and live your life. Matthew, stop worrying and live your life powerfully. The sooner I accept what can't be changed, the easier my life becomes. I'm just sharing my heart, my thoughts with you to recalibrate us all, I hope. You see, when I focus on the news feed and attribute too much to the apocalyptic, I find that I devolve into this terrible cycle. Rather than living, I end up disappointed in the end. I end up disappointed when a timeline fails. I end up disappointed when an election fails. I end up disappointed when the bank account drops. I end up disappointed. That's no way to live. We have one life and we're to be transformatively different. I find myself devolving into fear and I find myself fighting, and my wife's nodding, and striving and denying, and then I end up in a tension. And it's like a cycle of fighting, striving, denying, and tension. Fighting, striving, denying, and tension. And I'm like, are you laughing at me? No. Okay, good. And I find that I lose anyway. Why? Because I'm in a cycle of constantly fighting, constantly striving, constantly denying. And I'm constantly disappointed. And I don't want to be that way. We all need to quit trying to live somebody else's life. We all need to quit trying to live somebody else's faith. We all need to quit trying to live somebody else's theology. We all need to quit trying to live somebody else's viewpoint. Because if you don't, you're going to end up judgmental and isolated and alone and fearful. And that is not what the book of Acts teaches us to be. So it's time to recalibrate. And that's what this introduction, as I come back from sabbatical, is all about. Because the driver behind fear is the unknown. The driver behind fear is the unknown. It's fear of the unknown. But think about it. How much is really unknown? How much is really unknown? If you're a believer, you can fear less because you know that you're secure in the palm of the sum one. Fear less. The unknown isn't unknown to us. So therefore, fear should diminish in our lives. Now, some of you out there, this message maybe isn't even touching your heart because you're so bold and courageous. No, come on. We're all, all guilty of letting fear control us this year. All of us, no matter how strong you are, no matter how bold you are. Let's be honest. If I can be honest, you can be honest. Because I'm a bull in a china shop. And I go charging at everything. And the bigger it is, the harder I run. And if there's three or four bulls coming at me, I'll still charge them. And you know what? I still end up disappointed. And I can't do it anymore. There's another way... And the way is not being fearless, but fearing less. I thought I had to be fearless, but I don't. I just need to fear less. I need to recalibrate. This has been real hard for me. Because I just want to delve into the scripture. But I've got to share with you where I've been, where I'm at. So that I hope that you can recalibrate and journey with me. Because I truly believe the Father wants us to journey together as a people. And I believe that we are going to move very, very, very powerful. And some of you, and I know I felt this. I'm like, well, I am afraid. And that's only because Yahusha's asleep. He's sleeping. Well, you know what? I'm not the first one to think about that, right? They're off in the middle of the Galilee. The storms are raising. And they're like, he's asleep. He's asleep. How many of you have felt that? Seriously. The what of the storm to the who. Right? You're afraid of the what instead of realizing that the who can do something and unlock and unleash the supernatural and calm the storm in our life. And we all cry out in those times, well, Yahusha's asleep. He's not paying attention to me. Well, that's only because the storm of your newsfeed, the storm of your apocalyptic has occupied every space in your mind, in your being. There's no room for him in your life because you've Filled your life with a storm. And you're trying to awaken Yahusha in your life, but you've filled your life with a storm. The newsfeed, the apocalyptic. And now you're trying to awaken Yahusha, and you're like, well, he's asleep. He's asleep. As somebody else sends you another fearful newsfeed link. Another fearful meme. And you're trying to awaken Yehusha. He's asleep. He's asleep. But you filled your whole worldview with a storm of fear. The incoming waves. The apocalyptic. This is where I was. And I think I took some of you with me. <laughs> Naughty boy. But you know what? I really feel like I had to do it. I had to do it because it's 2020 and it's crazy out there. So I had to lay the foundation for crazy for us so we can always go back and review when we need to. But now it's time to move forward. So I would have been, I felt like doing a disservice if I ignored it. But I think I've covered everything. Vaccines, luciferous, masks, Lockdown, New World Order. Did I say New World Order? Did I cover that? I think I have. I think I've covered that many times for many years. Weapons, tactics, I think we covered that too, didn't we? Too much storming in our groupthink and we can't awake Yahusha, can we? Too much storming in our groupthink and we can't awake Yahusha. But look what Paul wrote to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be afraid about something, but in everything, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to someone, and the peace of someone, Yahweh, will transcend all understanding. Your vision, your timeline, your apocalyptic. And shall keep your hearts and minds through the someone. Yahusha. It's all right there. You have to get over the something and trust in the someone. And then you find yourself with the peace of Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Replace the fear of the something with the fear of the someone is the key to the book of Acts. And that's it. I'll see you later. But if I could encapsulate the message, that would it be it. It's really that simple. That was a really big paradigm shift for me. It really was. It really was. To fear less, not to be fearless, but to fear less, we have to recalibrate, to return to the path, to point the way that one is to walk in life. And to do that, we need to set up boundary stones. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 2. And it shall be on the day when ye shall pass over the Jordan unto the land which Yahuwah thy Elohim giveth thee, "...that thou shalt set up the great stones and plaster them with plaster. And thou shalt write upon them all the words of this Torah when thou art passed over, that thou mayest go into the land which Yahuwah thy Elohim giveth thee, because it is a land flowing with milk and honey." as Yahuwah Elohim of thy fathers has promised thee. So to accomplish great things, we've got to do what? Matthew, if you're going to accomplish great things in your life, what do you have to do? Just let the news feed bombard you, let the apocalyptic bombard you, just strive and fight. No. I've got to set up boundary stones. I've got to recalibrate this faith of mine. I have got to set up boundary stones from the onslaught of the crazy world out there. Because otherwise, I'm going to go crazy. And as a friend of mine said, you're going to turn into Don Quixote. You're going to be joisting. Matthew, you're joisting with windmills. Like, oh, oh, I am. I am. I'm joisting with windmills. I need to set back up some boundary stones from the onslaught of the world, from the onslaught of the media, which is the onslaught of the carnal life. Isn't it? Isn't it? To accomplish great things, we have to have the written words of his Torah, not on stone, oh, but on our hearts. But on our hearts. When we accomplish great things, Kevin, what are you eating there? Nuts? All right, okay. Don't share any with me then, brother. When we accomplish great things, don't you dare. When we accomplish great things, our land flows with milk and honey. As a fulfillment of the prophecies of our fathers. It's not divorced from Torah, but it is the fulfillment of Torah. So let's look at that Hebrew word for stone. Many of you, of course, know it is Eben or Eben Aleph Bet noon, Sophit. Eben. And what does it mean? This is really powerful. It means to build a tent, think about this, boundary stones. It means to build a tent. It's a panel, in fact, of the tent because the tent in the wilderness was made up of many panels. It means to build a tent, a panel, and ultimately to operate intelligently. To get out of the groupthink. To set up boundary stones. You see, the bet is a pictograph, a picture of the tent, the house, if you will. The noon is a picture of the sprouting of the seed. And it represents continuity as the seed continues to grow on to the next generation. Our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. So for us, as with the apostles... We have to set the boundaries up for the continuation of the house of faith to grow. Is that what the book of Acts is all about? Exactly what it's all about. Boundary stones. Whatever words come into you are going to be the words that go out of you. Whatever your media stream you intake is going to start to permeate out of you. Too much fear. Too much fear. You see, in the wilderness, the tent was constructed of panels of woven goat hair. And what would happen over time, these panels of woven goat hair, they would what? They would get weathered. They would get bleached out with the sun. And the goat hair would become weakened. The panels would become weakened over time. And therefore, they would have to be continually replaced, panel by panel by panel. Boundary stones, you have to continually recalibrate and reset up the boundary stones in your life. Because the world, the inslaught of the world, your news feed, 2020 apocalyptic it gradually bleaches the goat's hair panels of the tent, your body tent, and they need to be recalibrated and replaced. Otherwise, they're going to become beaten and worn down. This is not a time for us just to survive. This is a time for us to thrive. The world is just looking to survive, man. But we need to look to thrive in an abundance because we are a different people. We are a different people. We are not going to survive. We are going to thrive supernaturally and we're going to do that through a renewal of our walk, through a renewal of our spirit, which will renew our soul, that will heal our bodies. That's what I'm ready for. And how will the book of Acts Help us to do that well by the feminine attributes of the Ruach Hakodesh. That's how. You see, each year the women they would make a new panel for the wilderness tent out of the goat hair because it would get worn down and bleached. And remember, this connects to the boundary stone, a ben, and the old panel. Well, that would be removed. It would be recycled into the wall or into the floor. And a new strip would be added to the tent. So we can't just expect, listen, we can't just expect to snap our fingers and have a total transformative change. See, that's what many of you are looking for. Just looking to snap your fingers and have a total transformative change. In the meantime, you've been bombarding your tent and it's been totally weathered. Totally weathered and worn down by your newsfeed, the apocalyptic, too much fear. Instead, we have to change the tent, the body tent, by setting boundary stones and constantly and continually replacing out the worldly parts of our life with a new structure i hope you're hearing me because i'm hearing me but i've been meditating on this for some time and the way we do that is by the power of the holy spirit it's a continual process because each time they replaced a segment of the tent did the tent last for eternity did it last forever It would, right? Because it's a continual recycling of the ruach, a replacement of the old, the worn down with the new. And ultimately, the tent would be renewed all the time, would it not? All the time. That's what happens when we set Boundary stones from the world encroaching upon our territory, which is why Yahweh told the children of Israel to do that first when they left Egypt and first when they went into the land. The tent was only replaced, think about it, one small piece at a time. And by the transformative process, of the women, which is, of course is a metaphor for the Ruach HaKodesh. The tent essentially lasts forever. And the tent is really a picture of you and I and how the Ruach HaKodesh is supposed to be a part of our lives so powerfully that when we become worn down, the Ruach HaKodesh comes in and renews that part that has been bleached out by the world so that we will ultimately be transformed and transfigured into our heavenly tent by the renewing of the word, the renewing of the ruach. This is all played out in the Hebrew word, aben, aleph bet nun Sophie. There are many, many similarities, brethren, between building a tent out of goat hair panels and building the house of Yahuwah which is his people. And that's what the book of Acts is all about. It's about building the tent of Yahuwah's people. And what did they say? It is time for us to rebuild the fallen tent of David. That's what the book of Acts is all about. A raising up of the new structure and to discern the day in which we live We must grasp, listen, we must grasp the supernatural understanding that the tent, which is our bodies, is divided into three parts. One part for the females, the other part for the males, and one is the innermost part for the Ruach HaKodesh, the most holy, holy things. So the wall, the wall makes a distinction between the three parts. Understanding and discernment is the ability to discern between two or more things. So the male part is our desire to fight, to strive, to prepare apocalyptically. Oh, and I can get into that part. You know it. And it's often fear and threat based, right? The more threat, the more fear, the more that male part kicks in. But the female is the nurturing, the comforting, the desire to go deeper with the Ruach HaKodesh and live in shalom and comfort by the comforter. But the innermost part, the third part, that's the transformative process, the transformative tent. And this is all what we'll see come about in the book of Acts. You've got the body, the male, the body. You've got the female, the spirit. You've got the soul, which is the seat of emotions that envelopes the transformative tent. Do you see the three parts of the tent? You've got the male, the body. I gotta go out, hunt, gather, protect, and fight. Well then there's the female who's trying to press in through prayer and spirit and sensitivity. But ultimately I need that soul, that seat of emotions to be transformed, the transformative tent. See so they they painted those stones with what? Plaster, which is white, right? It was lime, oftentimes lime. So the root of aben, stones, is the color white. The transformative tent. Because what's going to happen to us? Are we going to be transfigured ultimately into garments of light? Are those stones going to be painted white, garments of light? Is that our end goal so should we be afraid? Fear of the unknown. But it's really not unknown, is it? Because we can see the transformative process at work. They painted the stones white with plaster. Now plaster, this is amazing. Plaster is the Hebrew word seed. Seed. Where we get our English word, seed. Seed. How about that? Plaster in the Hebrew is shin, yod, dalit, And then there's permutations of that. It could just be shin, dalit. And what it means, plaster, think about this. It means a level piece of ground for setting up tents and structures. Are you getting this? Where we get our English word sod. Right? You lay the sod out. You lay the sod out level. And once you lay the sod out level, you can build a structure upon it. This is where our English word sod comes from. Not your cheeky sod. That comes from somewhere else. You know, I grew up with that. You know, that comes from, you know... Well, we won't get into that. We have children present. But, um, no, I'm talking earth, mound, sod. So if you plaster yourself with social media... If you plaster yourself with your news feed, too much worldly news in this climate, guess what will happen? You'll find that the plaster actually transforms, Hebraically, into something else. This is, this is linguistically proven. If you plaster yourself with something other than the word of Yahweh, the word of man that he throws at you, you will find that the plaster transforms into stocks, shackles, chains. Whatever you plaster yourself with is either going to be a transformative tent, the word of Yahuwah by the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, or if you plaster yourself by your newsfeed, by your fearful memes, by your fearful YouTube links, you will end up shackled and chained in fear. That's the root of plaster when it's transformed in a negative way. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? Whereas if we plaster ourselves with the word and we plaster ourselves with prayer and we plaster ourselves with the holy things of Yahweh, we will set ourselves up to be on an even ground on which we construct, can construct the fallen tabernacle of David, which is why I wanted to give you this introduction to the book of Acts. I hope that today... I'm demonstrating, communicating to you, it's time to level the ground, raise up the fallen tabernacle of David by replacing the worn down, worldly bleached panels in our temple body with new woven fabric fabric that we will be transforming. Formed by the power of his word, that we're going to plaster ourselves with the word power, power and apocalyptic prayer, because of the boundaries that we are going to reestablish, not to let the fear of the world come in to our tabernacle venue. And when, then, when, then we can do transformative works of the book of Acts. There's no point me teaching the book of Acts without me setting this level plane for us today. What do you do when you press your linen garments before the holy days? Do you level them out on an ironing board? So they're ready and prepared for his majesty? Or do you crumple them up on a board? Or crumple them up on the ground? No, you level them on a board and then you are able to transform. If we plaster ourselves with the word and prayer, we will set ourselves up to be in a good place to transform this earthy tabernacle into a sheet As a level garment, when laid out, a sheet of fine linen is a level-headed believer, as in a level piece of ground. And that's what I want to be, a little bit more level-headed. Do you think I can accomplish that? If you pray for me, I think we can do it together. You see, the deadly converse of this, finishing up, The deadly converse of this is with Judas and the unleveled life that he led. It brought him ultimately into an unleveled field of blood. Did it not? You see, to level a field, you need a harrow. To level a field, you need a harrow which breaks clods, Or your harrow, if you don't level the field, that harrow can be sharpened and turned into a sword and then it can burst your tent asunder. And that's exactly what happened to Judas. He didn't harrow out a level ground for his earthly tent and the harrow turned into a sword and it burst his earthly tent asunder. And the field that he inherited wasn't a transformative field flowing with milk and honey, but it was a field of blood. Do you see? That was the broad road on which the world is going. They are turning their harrows into swords. But we must harrow out a plain field to set ourselves upon. We cannot go the way of the world. We cannot go the way of the world. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. Now, the permutation of this Shin-Vav-Dalit is to counsel, to counsel, which, of course, is what the book of Acts is all about, where a group of elders of the tribe sit in a council as the foundation to the tribe where an assembly come together and they counsel on level ground together and it ultimately brings in the secret council of the Ruach HaKodesh because they hoed their ground, they harrowed their ground in preparation for it. That's what we need to do. So plaster... Going back to the stones, which were plastered white. Plaster, again, leads us to a chalky white powder. And it's used in the transformative process. But you've got to use it properly. Because that plaster was made of lime. It can decompose a body real quick. Or it can transform the process into transfiguration. It's that divisive. Lime will decompose a body or it can be used in the transformative and bleaching process of white garments. Which one's it going to be? Well, the world's decomposing. Their body is decomposing. But we can't go that way. We must transform our lives with the transformative power of the text with the transformative power of the Ruach Kakodesh. So this is gonna be my approach to this whole section of scripture, of our journey through the scripture because I want our lives to change. I want all of our lives to change today. Chalk, lime will decompose a body quickly, meaning the more plaster on the stones, the faster your spiritual man grows and the faster your carnal man decomposes. Think about that, right? The more chalk on your stones, your earthly tabernacle, in the transformative process will actually decompose your carnal man. And that's what we're looking for. That's why we're going to go on this journey. So why the book of Acts? Well, one of the biggest stumbling blocks to the restoration of all Israel has been this 2,000-year-old tradition of how they've approached the book of Acts as a historical book of recording a transition between Jewish dispensationalism and the new Israel, the church. That's replacement theology. And that's a stumbling block to where we need to go. You see, replacement theology burst the pre-tribulation rapture theory because the two actually fit hand in glove, don't they? The church is triumphant now and the Jews, well, they're just benched for a while and then the church, well, the church gets raptured and then the Jews, well, they come off the bench and uh, they get to contend with the devil in the tribulation while the church sings in the heavenly chorus. You see, this theology locks you into a terrible place where you become asleep, where so many people in the church are asleep in the days that we're living in. How could this be so? Because of this replacement theology, which was birthed from their approach of the book of Acts. That kind of theology means the book of Acts can't be used for doctrine or to establish theological positions as the rest of the scripture can. Religion is designed to keep believers away from Torah and a first century Israelite lifestyle. But scripture and the power of the Ruach HaKodesh is what will set us free. And that's where we're going to be headed in these next few weeks. So, in summation and conclusion, and we'll get ready and see if we can get on the chat and see if I can work that, remember how to do that. The book of Acts is the most Hebraic account of the first century life we can ever, ever view. It shows the life cycle of the believing community. It reveals the practice of Torah in the life of all believers in Messiah, Jew, and Ephraim returning from the nations, commonly called Gentiles. But we'll discover that there is the regathering that James said. Greetings to all 12 tribes scattered abroad. But for us to get there, we've got to recalibrate the transformative tent. We've got to level the ground. We've got to set up boundary stones. We have to fear the someone more than the something. We're not looking to be fearless because that means that we wouldn't remember the past. And we wouldn't be able to have visions of the future. But we can fear less. And that will get us into a transformation formative way of thinking. So set up this week the boundary stones in your life when it comes to the news feed. What's coming into your brain? What's coming into your home? Reestablish some good behaviors when it comes to ingesting the word, relying on the Ruach HaKodesh and you'll find yourself ready to journey with us through Shlachin, the book of Acts. Let's see if we got any chit-chat. Chit-chat. If you want some chit-chat, redline me so I can actually see and pay attention. Attention, civil play. Attention, civil play. And thank you, all of you that do support Torah to the tribes. And the reason I remember that is because some people have been donating from Grand Paris from the French Riviera and Europe and all over the world. And it is absolutely amazing and inspiring to see the reach that we have as a ministry in these days. Okay, let's see if I can figure this out. It's been a while. Looks like there's an advert. Well, that's no good, is it? All right we'll skip the ads we don't need any of that do it no we don't want a free trial give me a break all right here you are okay i've got you i've got look look let's see who we've got I'm going to call out some of the people I recognize. we got Chris from FEMA Region 4. I see you, Chris. Shabbat Shalom. we got Thomas Hughes. He's back. Shabbat Shalom, Torah, Thomas Hughes. Of course, we've got Snohomish, the crew up there. We've got Diesel, Grandma, and we've got Much More Truth down there in Florida. We've got Libby, Shabbat Shalom, Libby down there at the Libby Tube. Let's see, we got Julia, Julia, Shabbat Shalom, Julia, oh my goodness, so many of you, so many of you, wonderful to have you back here, wonderful to have you back in here on the chat. Let's see, Diesel Grandma says, Catalina, welcome to Torah to the Tribes. I'm very familiar with Seventh-day Adventists. Yes, we all are very familiar because, again, many of our people coming in to the ministry have had roots in Seventh-day Adventism but realize that there is so much more for us to see in these days and these times. Modesto, Gaza! Rapture theology always leads to multiple paths of salvation. Well, that's an interesting, interesting thought right there. Um, Let's see. Mickey, Shabbat Shalom Mickey over there. Woohoo. She says, well done. Chemo slobby. (laughs) Chemo slobby. (laughs) Great direction. Onward and upward. I didn't need to read that last piece, Mickey. Let's see. Libby says, "Um, most of us have come out of man-made religion. Though we appreciate our humble beginnings, we now know we, who we are. We are Israel, born from above. We are his temple. That is exactly what we are. Praise Yahuwah. Let's see now if I can um, manage this. Okay, okay, what do we got here? There you all are, there you all are. All right. Wilderness Assembly says thus... I think the message today can be summed up in Philippians 4, chapter 8. By directing our thoughts as prescribed there, we can deal with fear much easier. Hallelujah. Replace the something with the someone. And that's exactly what Stephen did, as we will see in the book of Acts. And that is really the summation of the message. Thank you so much. I hope this does prepare us for what's to come because I know that we are a powerful people being regathered from all over the nations. Um, grafted into the root, Matthew 14, 27, Yahushua said, take courage. Hallelujah. Much more truth says, how can a watchman warn but not cause people to become afraid. How does one balance? Isn't that the truth? It is the balance. And that is, again, by replacing the worn-out, weathered strip of the tent on a constant basis, you will find yourself a fortitude powerhouse of faith. But you can't just snap your fingers and do it all at once. It Gets people afraid. Too much apocalyptic. Just a little bit at a time. Replace the tent and journey on together. Journey on together. Giant killer. Shabbat shalom. Google has been watching and deleting live chat comments. Good grief. Most probably. Most probably. Let's see what else we got here. R.H., awesome message. Well, thank you, R.H. What is that? Ruach Ha. And um, glad to hear your vivid message. Thank you so much. Much more beauty. Well, I'm guessing that this must be much more, much more's other significant other here. Much more beauty. That's a good one. Let's set up healthy boundaries for new beginnings. Much more truth and much more beauty. Shabbat Shalom. White O oh Moon, White O oh Moon, use the Brave Browser, oh, okay, use the Brave Browser, okay, so this must be in, in, in chat, yeah, get off the googly-woogly, get on to DuckDuckGo or the Brave Browser, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Teresa Smith is from Pocatello, Idaho, but now not Texas, Shabbat Shalom in Pocatello, Idaho, okay, I'm not, all right, all right, all right. Pocatello, Idaho, now not Texas. Okay, some of you guys are, are like doing like Morse code here. Oh, we've got somebody from England. This is the Kingdom and ITV. Shabbat Shalom, first time discovering Torah to the tribes. Shalom from Northampton, UK. Lockdown Central, you and my mum. You and my mum, my goodness. Bloomin' Henry. Good night, Josephine. Let's not get into the fear now, Matthew. Let's not get into the fear. Neil Edward, dome in the chat. See, Oh, some in the chat seem to be offended by the word sheeple, saying we are called sheep and the wicked goats, thoughts. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheeple. We could call them goatle then. Should we call them goaties? Goatles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I can see that. Aaron surmac where's Aaron? I don't see Aaron, but I see Diesel Grandma saying, at Aaron Sermak, hang in there in lockdown, more time for singing. Yes, because um, the old governor here has done some, what, two week, another two week are coming on. Good night, good night. It's the left coast and the right coast, those blue coasts, you've got to watch out. But we're not going to go into the fear. Stay cool. Stay calm, Matthew. See, I've got to set those boundary stones. Put those boundary stones. You see? You see how, You see the struggle? That's why I had to set a level plane today. You've got to help me just like I've got to help you. Fish and jits. I like that. Fish and jits. Not fish and chips, but fish and jits. Shabbat shalom, brother. You mess, your message lines up with what the Father has been showing us this week in studies. A good confirmation and cannot wait for next video. Well, thank you, Fish and Jits, for a great username, that's for sure. Are you from England as well? Man, I'd love some good Fish and Jits right about now, wouldn't you? Oh, some deep fried cod, wouldn't that be nice? With some nice chip curry sauce to dip it in. Cool, we're going to have to have some of that. Where do we order that from then, eh? That would be real fish and chips. I love the brown curry sauce to, chip my, to dip my chips in. Oh, Moshe's looking like he'd like to get in on some of that. You'd love it too, yes. All right, back on. to See, the fish and jits just threw me right off there. All right, much more truth says, We can focus on the storm around us or the beauty of the storm around him. Ezekiel, Revelation 4 and 5 and Ezekiel 1 through 3 and Isaiah 6. There we go, exactly. Replacing the something with the someone. I've had some supernatural experiences and I have been charged at by big bulls over these past six weeks. But when I've stayed calm, I've been able to transform situations very powerfully and these are situations that most of you would be your worst nightmare to be in but I see amazing things I really do in this transformative process so today I really hope you hear my heart that it is about setting that level ground setting those boundary stones we've all let way too much of the world come into our life because it's Cray Cray 2020! Right? Good grief. Aga- Agape Acres. Wow, England. Are you from England, Agape Acres? What else we got here? I could chat all day, I could chat all night. Fish and Jits. Have you ever thought of the Beatitudes as steps into making it into the kingdom? kingdom. Also, I am from Ohio, brother. Oh, I thought, well, do they have good fish and chips in Ohio? I doubt it. I very much doubt it. But I'm glad that um, you're from Ohio. Um, But yes, the Beatitudes are a fabulous foundation of setting the level ground for us to approach this new journey. Hey, Pixie from Dixie. How are you? Shabbat Shalom, Pixie from Dixie. And she says, at Dutchmen and all, please be kind. We all came from some sort of church religion, and that started us on the path of walking in truth. Praise God. Yes, do not forsake those and the assembling of yourselves together. We've all come from different places, and we can't despise our humble beginnings. Seventh-day Adventism, Calvary Chapel, Moir, and various other places. Yahweh is doing amazing things and we all have to be patient and help one another and a lot of this is going to help us to get to that transformative ten. Otherwise you're going to end up judgmental, isolated and alone. And that is not the place to be in a world of conspiracy. (laughs) Sorry, silliness. Spirit and truth says this. Shalom from Vancouver Island. We love Vancouver Island, don't we, honey? We were up on Vancouver Island last year. Where are you from on Vancouver Island? Where did we go on Vancouver Island? We went to Nanaimo. We really liked Nanaimo. And where was the other place that we really liked? Where was that hotel that we stayed in? I love the hotel. Where was that? That was on Vancouver Island. Come on, think about it. Yeah, well, think about it, because we're going to go back on there on holiday. Well, if they let us back, because Moshe decided that he was going to he was going um, to iron his shirt on level ground in this nice, really posh hotel but he decided that that level ground would be the carpet. So yes, Moshe decided to iron his shirt on level ground on the carpet, didn't you, son? And uh, that didn't work out too well for us and the hotel management, let me tell you. That did not work out too well for us, did it, son? Good (laughs) night. Sorry, exposing my children here. (coughs) Qualicum Beach. Qualicum, what was it? Qualicum Beach. Qualicum Beach up there on Vancouver Island. That was my favorite place. Jacob James. Shabbat Shalom, Jacob James. I was blessed to be at the White House election night and more. I have the president's ears. What would you say to him? Well, that is amazing. I'd have to think about that. There's so much I would say to him. Oh, if I could have a few minutes. If I could have a few minutes. Well, maybe I should have a few minutes with Jacob James. We could start there. That would be a good... That would be good. We'd have to do it offline without the googly, though, wouldn't we? Good grief. <laughs> uh, Truth Like Velcro. That's a great username as well, isn't it? So glad you're back. I was going through withdrawal. I was going through withdrawal as well, missing so many of you then the community, but I knew that I needed to recalibrate after the apocalyptic and reset the stage to be able to come in fresh And this level ground teaching, I hope, lets you know where at least I'm at so that you can journey with me and we can journey together. Jackster the the Jackal. And who's helping the men, women, elderly and children getting beat down in the streets by Antifa, BLM, leftists today? Should we really ignore it or should we stand and fight against the dark ones? Well, we definitely don't want to be one that crosses the street, right? Of course, we have the account of the Good Samaritan, so we definitely need to have that compassion and that help. But we also don't want to get involved in a mob judgment. So there is a balance, isn't there? Again, recalibrating and setting those boundary stones. Spirit and truth, we are 10 minutes from Qualicum Beach. If we'd have known that spirit and truth, we'd have been right round your house for some fish and chippies. Well, next time we're up there, Qualicum Beach, we are ten minutes at, from Qualicum Beach. Where did we stay? What was that hotel we stayed at? Um, the crown mansion. It was the Crown Mansion, and it was a nice mansion, wasn't it, honey? Until Moshe got the iron in, the iron out, and then it wasn't so much of a nice Crown Mansion. It used to be a house, it used to be a house and uh, until Moshe got involved in it, and and he turned it into a slum. I think we ended up having to replace the carpet, didn't we? Did he bill us for that? Oh, how did that work out? Because I'll have to take it out of his pocket money if he did. Crying out loud. Fish and jits. Oh, also, by the way, jits stands for jiu-jitsu, which is an amazing way to help defend yourself from hand-to-hand combat, oh, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir, from 24 to 28, I did jiu-jitsu twice a week, I was crazy about it, of course, I grew up boxing, see, here we go back into the carnal. I grew up boxing, my mum sent me on a boxing camp when I was about eight years old and I got beaten up, what, what, honey, what, 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 honey? Yeah, yeah, my wife is my wife's teasing. She's like, yeah, that was one of the many camps because she knows my history. My mom would always ship me off to these crazy camps when I was a little boy. I mean, seriously, I think about how the heck I survived. I mean, my mom would like, all right, and the next thing I know, I'm in the middle of the Welsh bloody mountains for three weeks. I'm like nine years old in a tent. And everyone's shooting at me with bows and arrows and getting beat, you'd, people would come in and beat the tar out of you at night. Oh, it was terrible. And then I'd be like, oh. And then the next one, she sent me up to northern England for two weeks in the middle of... It's always raining everywhere I go. Oh, they're good for you, all these camps. Yeah, one of them was a boxing camp. And I'd never boxed in my life. So basically it was like, yeah, we're going to send you to camp and you're going to get your ass kicked for two weeks. Um, it'll be really good for you. Oh all right. Sounds good mum. Yeah, that's my life. So you know, give me a little bit of grace, would you, for crying out loud. Oh, unbelievable. How did we get onto that? <laughs> Oh, good night. So yes, we were talking about jiu amazing sport. So anyway, so yes, I did a lot of jujitsu in my 20s and um, I ended up in hospital, didn't I, with the jiu because I, you know, ended up, you know, you got the police department down there, you got the blooming army rangers and then you got me. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So, you know it's all good jiu-jitsu love jujitsu. jitsu maybe you could give us some refreshing courses all right we'll have to finish up here otherwise you guys are going to go oh he's really really crazy but I think you already think that anyway so whatever David Robert Kerr hi Matthew so transforming here love you love you well blessings to you blessings to you Emma M.A. 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 laugh out loud all right let's see what we got else here Yes, Pixie from Dixie, glad you survived my mum. Yes, I do. I'm still surviving my mum. She's a wonderful woman, but she made some crazy decisions when it came to sending her eldest son off onto camps. And my younger brothers, they never had to do any of this. It was muggins here. It was all tested on me. <laughs> Military boarding school, bloody wilderness camps, all kinds of stuff. Um, Let's just leave him in jail and let him figure it out and then we'll come and pick him up later. All this stuff was tested on me and then it didn't work out too well so then my brothers got it super nice and cushy. They got to go to boarding school which was co-ed 15 minutes down the road. They got to come home every week. Oh no, not muggins here. No, no, none of that. See, so as you can see, I've still got some healing to do and to set the level ground with my mother. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I know Lynn and Greg are nodding, nodding, and nodding. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. We know it. We know it. But that's, that's what I'm working on, okay? Oh, my goodness. What a life. What a life. Let's finish with a scripture verse from Uncover Truth. It better be a good scripture verse. 1 John chapter 2.18. Little children, it is the last time... And as you have heard that the Antichrist shall come. Even now, there are many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. We are living in amazing times. And it is a time for us truly to set the boundary stones. It is a time for us not to be fearless, but to fear less. And the way that we can do that is by practicing what we preach, establishing what has gone out today. And I hope that your journey with me and we'll journey together and we'll help one another. Let's not be so quick to judge. Let's be quicker to judge ourselves and to build up our tent. And the way that we do that is by constantly and continually replacing out those weathered strips, too much social media, too much news, too much lockdown, too much fear, fearing the something, the vaccine, the quarantine, the unemployment, the dip in the bank account, instead of fearing the someone. And when we're able to do that, we can be like Stephen. He wasn't afraid of the stones. He wasn't afraid of the man holding the garments that we believe was Paul because he saw something standing at the right hand of Yahuwah. Someone, excuse me, standing at the right hand of Yahuwah. And his fear of the someone was the beginning of his amazing wisdom. And he transformed his tent regardless of what's going on in the world. The world does not dictate our faith. Our faith dictates to the world. Let's get it right. Let's journey together. Thank you again, everybody, for being patient. And thank you for tuning back in. Let's hit this journey together. Get on the Zoom platforms. Please consider supporting the ministry. And give us some thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Make connections. And Shabbat Shalom. I'll see you next week. Yahoo willing.